Sandra stopped and asked me, she said, don't you think it's too late? I'm just sitting there just reading and digging in. And let me tell you what happens. When you get involved in reading God's Word and it's interesting, I already know what it says. I've done studied it all week, and, and here I am sitting on the front row, and I'm like, man, this is just so good. I just can't get my nose out of it. It's just, it's just good. It's just good. God's Word is good. I want you to look in two places tonight. I want you to take your finger and put it in Luke chapter 10. That's where we're going to read about Mary and Martha. And I mentioned this morning, this is a familiar, familiar event that took place in Jesus' life. And Mary and Martha, are, Jesus is at their house. And then I also want you to take your Bibles and turn to 2 Timothy chapter 3. And we're going to begin in 2 Timothy chapter 3 is where we're going to begin. A couple of Sunday nights ago, I preached on a message, and I can't remember what I titled it, but it was talking about how we can maintain our Christian walk. Some of the things that we should do in order to maintain our Christian walk. And I gave six points. Now, uh, I'm going to read these points off. If you were here that night, you, you'll remember that as I read, read these each point and some of the things that we should practice in our Christian walk, uh, as we hit the highlight of what I was saying that we should do, I had scriptures to back it up, so it, it kind of helped you see what I was talking about. But these were the six things that I said that we should do. We should seek, be seeking Jesus. In other words, we should be striving after Him. We should be thinking in Jesus. And I remember uh, the Bible says, think on these things. Some people have told me, so Brother Wayne, I can't control my thoughts. Well, then you're not reading the Bible because the Bible says take captive your thoughts. The Bible says think on these things. We can control our thoughts. Now, the world will tell you that you can't. I wasn't going to preach this message again. I was just going to give you the six points. Seek Jesus. Think in Jesus. Walk in Jesus. Live in Jesus following Jesus, and keeping your eyes on Jesus. Well, we elaborated on all of these things about, and this is how to help maintain our Christian walk. These are just principles if we will apply those. And I want you to know that following week, after I preach that message, and you sometimes you think that I stand up here and preach these messages for you, I want you to know I started implementing these things that the Lord laid on my heart to give to you, and he began to speak to me, and I want you to know, living the Christian life is much easier if we will implement these things. So, tonight, this is kind of going along that same basis. This is another principle. If we will take and put into our lives, and we're going to see, when we look back in Luke, we're going to see why uh, this principle we need to begin to apply in our lives but what I want to do before we get there, I want us to look in uh, first or Second Timothy chapter three, because this is the time that we live in right now. This is the time that we live in. So look in Second Timothy chapter three. Now, I, I just want—I'm not going to be preaching on the context of what this is all saying right here. I just want us to recognize that what Timothy is hearing from Paul. Paul wrote this letter to Timothy, 
And he starts off, he says, This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. Does anyone deny that we're living in the last days? I mean, we just sang a song, and how many of us believe it won't be very long? We are living in these last days, and it says that perilous times shall come. Notice what it says, and it it identifies who this is talking about. It says, For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, which is talking about homosexuality, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, or in other words, not able to control themselves, and talking about emotionally and with evil, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those things which are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures, more than lovers of God. Now, are y'all noticing that these things that we're talking about, do y'all notice those things in our society today? Okay, let's keep going then. Verse number 5, it says, Having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof, from such turn away. What he's saying right here, these are people who say that they're Christians, but when you look at their lives, they're living in the world or they live worldly lives. They're having the form of godliness, but they deny the power thereof. He says, from such turn away. For of this sort are they which creep into houses and lead captive silly women laden with sins, led away with divers' lust. Now, what I want to make sure that we... What it says in this verse, for of this sort. In other words, when you flip back to verse number 2, it says, for men shall be. He's talking about these are men who... They, they do this also. They slip into other people's houses. Or, and I'm not saying like a burglar. I'm talking about they are deceiving. They draw people. They, they find women who are weak and they go into their houses and they lead women uh, laden with sin and lead them with divers' lust. Verse number 7, talking about these ladies. Ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of truth. I want you to know we have lots of people in the world today that are ever learning. I mean, our society is so full of knowledge. I mean, we have all kinds of do-it-yourself shows. We've got all kinds of recipe shows. Man, you can learn, 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 learn in this day and time. Education, we are not short of education. But let me tell you what we are short of. We are short of the truth. That is where we're at. He says, look... They're ever learning, but they do not come to the knowledge of truth. Verse number 8, it says, Now as Janus and Jambres withstood Moses, so do these also resist the truth. Men of corrupt minds reprobate concerning the faith. Now, if you try to find this Janus and Jambres in the Bible, if you go and Google it or if you go and look it up in your Strong's Concordance, you're not going to find these two names mentioned anywhere else in the Bible. It says that they, uh, uh, that they withstood Moses, and most scholars or theologians agree that these are the two men when Moses went before Pharaoh and Moses threw his rod down, the, the sorcerers of Pharaoh threw their rod down. They stood or withstood Moses. And it is, this is who most people believe these two men are. So just like they withstood Moses... So are also men of today standing against the truth of God. 
We see it all the time in our news media, in our politicians, in our government. My goodness gracious, taking prayer out of school, taking the Ten Commandments out of school, uh, passing out things at school that have no business in schools. I, I mean, you all know what I'm talking about. Standing against the truth. Verse 9. But they shall proceed no further, for their folly shall be manifest unto all men, as theirs also was. In other words, uh, you're, it's going to come to the truth. They're going to see. I mean, it's going to come out that where they're standing. If they're saying one thing and they're doing another, the truth is going to come out. Let's go on. Verse 10. But thou hast fully known my doctrine, my manner of life, my purpose, my faith, my long-suffering, my charity, my patience, my persecutions, afflictions, which come unto me at Antioch, at Iconium, and Lystra, what persecution I endured, but out of them all the Lord delivered me. Now, this is what Paul's saying. He said, now listen, I have hid nothing. You know everything about me. I am transparent. I walk like a duck. I talk like a duck. I'm a duck. This is what Paul's saying. You know everything about me. I have been willing to suffer for the cause of Christ. And I tell you, when he uses the examples he uses right here, it just kind of floors me. He said, at Iconium and Lystra, what did they do to Paul in Iconium and Lystra? They stoned him. They stoned him and left him outside the city for dead. And he says right here, but out of all of them the Lord delivered me. He was willing to suffer for the cause of Christ. Go on. Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. He's talking about us today. But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. So what he is saying here, he is telling us we need to make sure that what you have learned in Christ Jesus, that you hold on to that. Don't let go of that. Now, tell me, tell me this, uh, and I don't know if many of you have ever done any kind of bodybuilding or maybe if you've worked in athletics. If you don't use it, you lose it. And I want you to know, it's not enough to take your Bibles and read it through at one time and say, okay, I mastered that book, now let's go to the next one. That's not at all what he's telling us to do. He's saying, listen, what we need to do as Christians, we need to continue to be in His Word and what you have learned of Christ in His Word. Hold on to it and grasp it and don't let it go. Don't give in. Faith cometh by hearing and... Hearing by the word of God, what he is saying here, we are living in these perilous times today. We must be about his word. <clears throat> Verse 15, and that from a child, he's talking now about Timothy, and from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus now listen to verse 16 here. All Scripture is given by the inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instructions in righteousness, that a man of God may be perfectly perfect, thoroughly furnished 
unto all good works. All Scripture, back in verse 16, is given by the inspiration of God. I want you to know every word in this Bible is the inspired Word of God. Whether Paul writes it, whether Luke wrote it, whether Matthew, Mark, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Daniel, whoever wrote it, they were inspired. These are God's words. They're in the, it is the inspiration of God that these scriptures are in here. So when we're looking at this, we're fixing to go over here to Luke, and we're going to look at what Jesus is telling Martha is the most important thing that we need to be doing. And what I wanted to read this scripture right here for is to remind us the day and the environment that we are living in right now. We are living in perilous times. When we go back down to verse number 13, it says, But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, devouring and being deceived. I am telling you, we need to be in God's Word. More now than ever. So, flip back over now to Luke chapter 10 with me. Luke chapter 10, verse number 38. Jesus and the disciples are on their way to Jerusalem. They stop in Bethany. Bethany is the home of Martha. Martha and Mary are the the sisters of Lazarus. There's also another event in the Bible recorded where Jesus comes and raises Lazarus from the dead. Jesus is in their home quite often, but notice what it says here in verse 38. It says, Now it came to pass, as they went, that he entered into a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house, and she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was cumbered about, much serving, and came to him and said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister hath left me to serve alone? Bid her, therefore, that she help me. And Jesus said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things, but one thing is needful, and Mary hath chosen that good part which shall not be taken away from her. I'm going to read that same scripture out of the New New International Version, and it says, As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was, listen to this word, but Martha was distracted by all of the preparations that had to be made. She came She came to him, talking about the Lord, and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but only one thing is needed. Mary has chosen what is better, and it it will not be taken away from her. This is the situation that we find Mary and Martha in. Jesus has come to the house. And Jesus has come and he sat down and the Bible says that Mary is listening to Jesus. Okay? If Mary is listening to Jesus, what is Jesus doing? 
He's either teaching or he's talking about a subject. But Jesus is speaking and Mary is listening. And what Martha has done, and I, and I understand, I do, I understand. If you, come to, if you come to this church house and you look around, I want you to know there are a lot of things that take place at this church that no one even recognizes goes on. How many times have you come in here and found light bulbs out in the sanctuary? Not very often because somebody comes and fixes those light bulbs. How many times have you come up here and never noticed that the yard needs mowing? Not very often because it's maintained. There are a lot of things. There's a bulletin that's put out every week. There's money that's counted. There's treasures reports that are accumulated. All kind of things take place around the church. All kinds of things. There's all kinds of things that take place away from the church. There's widows who are visited. There are sick who are visited. There's a cards ministries. Uh, there's soda pop ministries. There's where we help widows. We mow yard. All kinds of things that are taking place. And this is what was taking place on this day. Jesus never traveled alone. Never was he alone. Most all the time the twelve disciples were with him. When Jesus come by to visit, I want you to know there were many beds to be made. There were many pots of soup to be, to be cooked. There were lots of dishes to... The floors had to be swept. My goodness, there, had to, there was a lot of things that were taking place. But let me tell you, when Jesus sat down and was speaking, the most important thing that Martha could have been doing was sitting at the feet of Jesus and listening. That is what he is saying here. He says, I understand there are lots and lots and lots of things that are taking place in this world today. I know we have jobs to go to. I know we've got kids to take care of. I know we've got family issues that we need to take care of. There are lots of things in the world today that are taking place, but I want you to know the most important thing that we need to focus on is, as Christians is time spent with Jesus. I'm not being critical, okay? If anything, we as a church body need to offer more services to teach God's Word. We offer Sunday school services in order for people to sit at the feet of Jesus because we're... Listen, who wrote Genesis? God. Who wrote, who wrote Luke? God. Who wrote Revelations? God. Who is God? Is God Jesus? And Jesus, let me tell you, if we're sitting and we're teaching this right here, we're teaching at the feet of Jesus because this is the inspired Word of God. Every opportunity this church takes, we should be encouraging people to come and sit at the feet of Jesus to hear God's Word preached and taught and where we can learn it. Mary was sitting at the feet of Jesus learning. Mary was at the feet of Jesus listening. Mary was at the feet of Jesus spending time with the Lord. And you know what happens when you spend time with someone you develop a relationship and you love them more and more and more. I'm telling you, the more you read this right here, the more you fall in love with this, and it just gets to where you want to read it and listen to it more and more often. You really do. I, I was encouraged yesterday morning. 
Yesterday morning, we had uh, the, the breakfast. And you know what we do on, on those mornings of the breakfast? Not only do we get to come together and eat biscuits and gravy and eggs and sausage and pancakes. Man, we have a great... But we open up God's Word and we have a time to sit at the feet of Jesus and learn about who Jesus is and what He's done. Great message yesterday morning. Whatever you want to call it. Great devotion. Great testimony yesterday morning about the the subject of faith. And that is spending time with Jesus. And now listen, I know I'm speaking to the choir. This is Sunday night. And this is the typical group that comes on Sunday night. And I am so glad you're here. Because I'm telling you, we need to take every opportunity. That is what Jesus was telling Martha right here. Martha, I know that there's a lot of things that need to be done. I'm going to be leaving here in a little bit, and I'm not going to be teaching. You're going to have plenty of time to wash those dishes. It's okay if those dishes sit in the sink tonight. But you need to be sitting at the feet of Jesus. Listen, it's okay. That I, I, know those kids, I know the kids need to get in bed early so they can get up, get up and get ready for school. Listen, I'm telling you that it's better to sit at the feet of Jesus and get a little bit less sleep before you go to school than it is to go without having Jesus at your feet. What he is telling Martha here is, Martha, the most needful thing, the most important thing, You're worried about a whole lot of things, but the most needful thing that you have here is me and listening to what I have to say. That is the greatest need that we have as Christians is we need more of Jesus. More of Jesus is what we need as Christians. Because I'm telling you, as times get, just like we just read in Timothy... As times get worse and worse and the deceiver gets greater and greater and the deception gets bigger and bigger in the society that we live in, the more and more we need Jesus. The more and more we need each other. The closer knit we need to be a family of God. More now than ever. I was sitting in... in, as I was, I, I said, I understand that this word, listen, I, I said, man, I bet the word listen, talking about listening to God's word, listening to what he has to say. I said, I bet that word is in the Bible a hundred times. So I got on my little Strong's and I Googled it and I, I typed in the word listen. Do you know how many times the word listen is in the King James Bible? Once. I went, wait a minute, that don't make sense to me. So I'd done it in a different version, a new international version. In the new international version, the word listen is in there almost 400 times. Now, in the King James Version, it says something like this. It says, hearken to, or heareth what the Lord says. Or it says, and he said, and they Heard or, I mean, it's the same thing. It's the same thing. They just worded it different. But when I began to look up the word "listen" in the scriptures, I want you to know the Bible has a lot to say about what we're to do with God's word, 
We are to listen to what he has to say. Let me just read through a few of these. In John chapter 10 and verse 27, it says, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I give them eternal life, that they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. He says, My sheep hear my voice. In other words, they listen to me. In Psalm 78, it says, Give ear, O my people. In other words, listen, my people, to my law. Incline your ear to the words of my mouth. In Proverbs 1, it says, A wise man will hear, or a wise man will listen and will increase learning. And a man of understanding shall attain unto wise counsel. He tells us in Proverbs... In Proverbs alone, the word listen is used 40 different times. 40 different times he tells us to listen. Proverbs 4.20, it says, My my son, listen and incline thine ear unto my sayings. Proverbs 5, he says, Hear me now, though, hear me, or listen, O ye children, depart not from my words. Proverbs 8, it says, Listen to the instructions and be wise and refuse it not. Blessed is the man that listeneth to me, watching daily at my gates, waiting at the post of my doors. There is a principle here in God's Word that tells us more than ever in our society today, we need to be listening. Now, I know there's a song that says, I'll be somewhere listening, I'll be somewhere listening. I'll be somewhere listening for my name. And he's talking about the second coming there. It's not the same thing. I'm telling you, we need to be listening to God's Word. We need to take advantage of every opportunity that we have. Ronnie was talking about it this morning. Man, they stopped by and spent the night in a motel room. And I think they listened to two sermons just that night before they come home. You know what they were doing? They were listening. They were listening to Jesus. They were at the feet of Jesus and they were listening. We can do it all day long now. We've got, I know, four, about four or five Christian radio stations right here in this area. We can listen to God's Word during the day. We got, My goodness, we've got phones and iPads and all kinds of electronics now today. We do not have an excuse why we should not know more and more and more about Jesus. We should know more. About Jesus. Like I was speaking of a couple of weeks ago. Seeking Jesus, thinking in Jesus, walking in Jesus, living in Jesus, following Jesus, keeping your eyes on Jesus. What we need to be doing is we need to be listening to Jesus. Now I can tell you right now, what what was Martha's problem? What did Jesus tell Martha? This is what's this is what your problem is. He says, You are distracted you are distracted with all of these things that are going on listen I'm telling you right now the devil will always have a distraction for you he will always have a distraction for you you must make yourself or discipline yourself to take time to listen to the Lord let's stand together
Father, I want to thank you for an opportunity tonight, again, to dig into your word. And God, thank you for leading me to 2 Timothy, where Paul shows us that in the days that we live in, there are going to be more distractions than ever before. Our society around us are going to cause us to have more worries and situations than ever before. But God, your word is strong in us. God, you have given us so many ways to understand and to hear your word and to learn of you. Even in this, in this electronic age, you have given us opportunity to know more about you than ever before. God, help us be listeners unto you. God, and as we listen, I pray right now that you will give us the wisdom and the knowledge and the understanding of the things that we hear. And Father, as we spend time with you, let our love relationship with you grow stronger than it's ever been. My goodness, I love you so much. And I thank you for the opportunity that you have given me to be called your child. Thank you, Father. Now, be in this time of invitation. We'll give you the glory that comes from it in Jesus' name. Amen. You respond tonight if you need to respond.